The opinions expressed on Late Night Health are presented for educational and informational purposes only and are not intended as a diagnosis, treatment, or as a substitute for other professional medical advice, diagnosis, and treatment. Please consult a local physician or other healthcare professional for your specific healthcare and or medical needs or concerns. Late Night Health is proud of our partnership with the EBC, the Evolutionary Business Council. Check them out at ebcouncil.com. Late Night Health continues. I'm Mark Allen along with the Insane Daryl Wayne. If you have questions for us, write us at info at latenighthealth.com, info at latenighthealth.com. We're going to go to the East Coast, the Boston area. We're going to talk to uh, Dr. Charles Sutera. Uh, He is a dentist, but he does more than just general dentistry. He does everything from implants, TMJ, oral surgery. He believes a a multidisciplinary approach allows for the highest level of dental treatment. Dr. Sutera, welcome to Late Night Health. Hi, everyone. Hi. Doctor, why do people hate dentists? I think it's a, a long-standing, you know, misnomer of how things used to be in dentistry. But the the future of dentistry is much brighter than the past. I think you know we're still kind of thinking of how things used to be, you know, before it's modern day. Um, and some of that still does exist. Don't get me wrong. But I think you know people kind of think of those old movies where dentistry is associated with pain and. You know, the technology used was very rudimentary and, and very, very, you know, frightening, to be honest. Um, but now we're kind of getting into this newer generation that most dental practices, you know, at least they shouldn't be that way. I know that a lot of uh, uh, people don't know that the dentist dentistry industry, if you will, what they've done is they're, they're almost trying to put themselves out of business. People don't get as many cavities as they used to. They, they, they don't have as many gum issues as they used to because dentistry has become a preventive healthcare uh, uh, arm, if you will. And I think that's great, and I wish the rest of the medical and healthcare community would do that as well. Uh, would you agree with that? I well, yeah, I think, you know, it's evolved to the point where we're treating people at a higher level, so we're maintaining them better. So the problems that people are having nowadays are different than they were in the past. So instead of, you know, extracting teeth and people going without teeth or missing teeth and restoring them with dentures and things like that, now we're talking more someone breaks a tooth or fractures something, we're restoring with an implant, and it's... Um, it, it almost restores them to near-perfect health again very easily. So things happen a lot easier and a lot more efficiently nowadays. And we're seeing the, the, the breadth of treatment that we're performing has changed to more cosmetic-type surgeries and, and procedures and, and also more functional in terms of now people are having more jaw issues because, you know, there's different orthodontic procedures that, you know, may have affected them earlier in life and, they're just not comfortable with their job position because of that. And, you know, we're able to treat those different concerns um, that before we didn't really understand. So people kind of lived with these conditions and these jaw pains and toothaches that um, now we don't have to have them live with. Uh, 
One of the things that I'm curious about is that we see implant, you know, you one-day implant surgeries. Um, uh, they're advertised on TV. At least they are here in Southern California. And one of the things that get me is that it doesn't look like they're individual teeth. It looks like it's like almost like a veneer. It's one piece that's that's implanted. And that doesn't seem to me, it's almost like putting false a false top or bottom in. Is that, am I wrong in that? Well, you know, the implant itself is basically stimulating the root of a natural tooth. But that root, once it's implanted, can be used in many different ways. So it's essentially, it's versatile. You can put a single tooth on top of an implant, or you can use it to make a bridge, just like you would bridge a gap in the mouth with, with teeth, or it can also support a denture. Um, so it's not so much that the implant, you know, is one piece that's implanted. It's a matter of how it's being used um, to restore the mouth. And there's different factors based on the amount of bone and the, the finances of the patient. That That's why those decisions might be changed, you know, and we might choose one over the other. Um, but it allows a, a whole variety of different options by putting, you know, one or two implants in. You can kind of allow for multiple different varieties of treatment. One of the things that... Um... I know that uh, I have. I know somebody who's had a single implant. Uh, the tooth went bad. I can't remember what happened, and but it was quite expensive, like fifteen hundred, sixteen hundred dollars for a tooth. And I think we have what more than twenty teeth in our mouth. That's a thirty-two. Thirty-two. So at a thousand bucks a tooth, that's a thirty-two thousand dollar procedure. If you need all your teeth replaced. Yeah, and it varies based on the, the part of the country you're in. I mean, it could be, you know, X amount, to, you know, and multiple of that, depending on if it's a major city. But, you know, that's the short-term investment. The long-term investment is, you know, being able to chew and function and prevent these issues that happen later in life if that isn't restored. So if someone's been missing a tooth for 10 years, you know, the teeth around it start to move just, just enough to cause issues where... The bite doesn't align anymore as it did, and then the jaw position's off, and it starts to cause different pains of the jaw and muscle pain. That that could be much more expensive than just replacing that one tooth. One of the things that I I don't uh, uh, get is um, you know why people don't like to go to the dentist, and in fact, uh, a lot of times you can be put out now. And I'm 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 flip, flipping from one topic to another because we have a limited time together. Um, is it okay to be? And I know that you you have a specialty. One of your specialties you have many specialties uh, is uh, anesthesiology, right? And so you can put me out, and I can you can work on my mouth. Exactly. That's that's become a huge part of my practice, and it's not just the act of putting someone to sleep during their treatment, although that's a big part of it. It's about the whole experience. So if someone walks in, and from the moment they walk in, they should be taken care of and make sure they're comfortable and, and listened to and not judged. And that starts the whole experience. So, you know, from the moment we start speaking with the patient and listening to them, they feel at ease. And you kind of build that trust and rapport and work up their whole treatment plan. And then if they choose to be asleep for it, you know, we can do a dental treatment much more efficiently. So if someone that needs, you know, multiple teeth restored or, or multiple 
of that, oftentimes in one or two visits, instead of maybe 10 to 20 visits, if it's a lot of dental work. So for a lot of patients, it's a way of efficiency in, in maximizing, you know, the amount of time that they're in the office, you know, allowing it to be as minimal as possible. Do you like going to the dentist and even just getting a simple cleaning? I mean, you just have your, you know, your hygienist clean you, but do you enjoy that yourself? Well, I think that was a big part of why I went into dentistry. Because, you know, my dentist growing up was, you know, a leader and, and a role model in the community and someone that I, I saw as, you know, having a high level of integrity. And that's, that's what I hope for our profession. You know, most dentists are, and I think there's still some outliers that, and some movies out there that kind of give the wrong impression. But I think, you know, as a whole, dentists are generally very good and they dedicate a large portion of their life to studying and, and being empathetic towards their patients. Um, so I, I would hope that more and more people begin to kind of reduce that stigma of being fearful because a lot of times their kind of their imagination is, is running wild and once they actually get into the, the situation they realize it's not as bad as they they believe it to be. I, I I keep thinking in my the back of my head from Little Shop of Horrors, the 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 song that Steve Martin sings in the movie you know, I want to be a dentist. And you you know the song, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a funny song, and uh, it, it talks about wanting to give pain and how, as a kid, he pulled, I guess he, he poisoned kittens and all kinds of little things. What is your website in case somebody in that, in the Boston area wants to come and visit you and or just has a question in general what would that website be the website aestheticsmilereconstruction.com and there's a lot of information on there you know, about various dental conditions uh, particularly sedation dentistry and TMJ and then cosmetic dentistry there's a whole breadth of information that people can learn about um, you know, we see patients across the entire country. Some people travel long distances. Got it. Give us the uh, website one more time because we are running out of time. It's aesthetic smile reconstruction. Dot com. Uh, doctor, uh, doctor, thank you very much. Uh, look forward to an opportunity of speaking again. All right, we're out of time for this segment. We will be back in just a couple of moments with Robert Clancy, our regular contributor here at Late Night Health. Visit us at Late Night Health. Don't go away. More coming up. Welcome to Guide to the Soul. This is Robert Clancy. To think like an angel, you just have to see the love that's within all of those around you. It's as simple as sharing what's in your heart. When you think, act, and love just like an angel, there's little difference between you and these beautiful celestial beings. When you awake, begin your day in gratitude for something in your life. Start your day by embracing the first person you meet with a hug and a kiss. If you encounter someone in need, help them. It's as easy as sharing a smile or a kind word. And most importantly, love, love, love. It's that simple. For more inspiration from Robert Clancy, visit GuideToTheSoul.com or go to the Moments with Robert page on LateNightHealth.com. 
Sometimes it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Words are a critical aspect of success. How you get your point across is a crucial part of what makes anything sell. So do it right and hire a writer. Whether it's articles, blog posts, technical writings, website content, product descriptions, or ghost writing anything from a novel to a nonfiction book about your navel, contact Servette Hassan. If you want it to sell, write it right. Email Servette at Servette at ServetteHassan.com. Late Night Health continues. I'm Mark Allen, along with the insane Daryl Wayne. As we wrap up our program today, we go to Robert Clancy, our regular contributor and the uh, author of the best-selling book, The Messenger. You can find out more about that by going to GuideToTheSoul.com, GuideToTheSoul.com. Lots of information there about Robert, his books, his blogs, his videos, all kinds of stuff at GuideToTheSoul.com. Robert, we're going to talk about holding space today. What do you mean by that? Yeah, my personal thought is when you hold space for yourself and others, your heart has all the room it will ever need. And it's about being patient with yourself and having uh, the time to allow things to evolve. And I, I was speaking with a colleague yesterday about uh, you know, the anticipation. They, they thought things were supposed to move faster for them in their career, and it, it took a little bit of time. And I said, you know, you just really have to have that space and, and, and grow into it when it's ready. And so it's like a, a placeholder for life. Exactly, yeah. It, it's that you want to, um, you know, you basically want to give yourself that room and also to have the patience to allow things to unfold when you're ready. And, you know, my book came out, my first book, I started writing it in 2008. It's 40 years to finish it. And I wanted it, you know, done. And it just kept, you know, things getting in the way and I wasn't really ready. And then when the book came out, you're, you're ready to just let everything evolve. And I wanted to get out there and do interviews and, and get the word out on all these things that I wrote. And it didn't happen right away. And I really wasn't ready for all of those things that I needed time to evolve, time to train, time to learn, and time to grow. And it's really about holding that space for yourself. Well, the word patience comes to mind, right? And it's something that the older I get, the less I have. And waiting for something to happen has always not been one of my favorite things to do because I might think I'm ready for the next step. Any comments? Yeah, yeah. As uh, time evolves, you sort of get impatient about those things. And I've actually dialed it back. As I've gotten older, I've kind of given myself more time to allow those things because I realize it's going to happen in perfect timing and when it's ready and when I'm ready to receive it. And it takes a little bit of balance to do that, to let go of those things, to surrender to your life and to where you're going and to allow that to unfold when it's ready. It's almost uh, you know, like trying to make a flower bloom before it's ready. It's not going to be right. And you really want it to be in the right time. And I found time and time again that, that that's often the case, that when it does happen, it is the right time for it to happen. The right time. 
by the universe, by God, by Jesus, by whatever you believe? Yeah, it's in, it's in God's timing. And in some ways, I've heard some colleagues and, and friends say that when, when the timing's right. But also, you need to be ready for whatever that is. So if you're looking for, you know, your relationship to evolve, your job to grow, you know, in, in where you, you're heading with your career or with your family or just the time that you need for yourself, you need to be ready for all of those things and allow that space. It's the word that comes to mind for me is not necessarily patience, but it's peace. It's being at peace with everything that's around you so that you can step into that serenity that you're supposed to have. The other day I met, uh, uh, I met somebody who has basically struggled financially all of his life. He's in his, um, he's in his advanced 60s. And he's had an idea for 10 or 15 years and has finally decided he's got to do it now or it won't happen. His biggest issue is, will I be here to see the fruits of my labor? Because he's in his late 60s. And, and I told him, yes, of course you will. But that's from my perspective. And, you know, he's an inventor and, and, and came up with an idea that's a good idea. But he's, that's his biggest worry, that he won't live to see his invention accepted by his industry. Right. Well, the, you know, you brought up an interesting point. When you said fruits of labor, I love that metaphor because... If you think about it, and I just saw an article recently in the paper for a local farm, and the guy started his farm years ago. It's a Christmas tree farm, and it took a while for these trees to mature. And he said it, it was about the journey. You know, now the trees are ready to go, but it was more about tending to the garden. So, you know, when you're waiting for things to blossom, the journey is actually tending to those things and then they blossom. And whether you're there to see them or not, somebody will. And I kind of ride that again at that peace level of allowing that half of the, you know, the most, uh, I guess the greatest thing about gardening is the gardening itself. It's not the end where you're picking the, the vegetables and the fruit or whatever comes out, but it's taking care of those things along the way. It's chasing the squirrels away, yes. <laughs> And those too, yes. Yes. And the rabbits and whatever else gets in there. <laughs> exactly. Deer in your area, I would think. Well, it also seems it, it seems to me like a relationship, okay? Uh, 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 you know, two people meet, um, they pursue each other, they get into a relationship, and the relationship fizzles. But that chase, the the journey, if you will, was exciting to both of them. Does, is that kind of what we're talking about? Yeah, it, it's, and, and the other part of it is after that honeymoon phase is over, it's how do you keep that kindling going, and that's, that's the space that you're creating to keep putting energy into it, but still you have to set your GPS where you're going 
how you're getting there. You can take the roundabout way, the scenic way, the direct way. The, the GPS is going to correct you. And it's, it's like that when you're holding that space. As long as you know where you're going, you will get there. And you just need to keep moving forward. But you have to have action in that, that equation for that to happen. Action is the is the is the, the 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 key here, but you, in in other words, with things like the secret and other um, law of attraction kinds of programs, they don't always tell you about that last thing, the action. They talk to you about having faith, which is very important, believing in yourself, believing in a higher power. That's all great, but they often don't mention that word, action. Yeah, it does take that because you have to put some energy towards something in order for it to continue on that path for you. So in in, in the case of the inventor, he needs to go maybe and find an investor. He needs to go and or at least look for an investor, and maybe one will pop up somehow, or look for a manufacturing plant, uh, look for the different facets of his business, he can't just say, I have an idea. Yeah, it, it's part of that. It's, it's When you have your idea together in that scenario, you also have to have something to back it up, but you're moving forward again, and it's not the rush uh, to finish the race, but it's really the race itself is where you're placing yourself to get there. So it is doing that action part that, that really brings everything together, coalescing into your dream and Absolutely. what you want, right? Robert, thank you very much uh, for uh, joining us. Uh, if you want information on Robert Clancy and his book, The Messenger, go to GuideToTheSoul.com, GuideToTheSoul.com. And we appreciate Robert. He'll be back uh, with us uh, next week here on Late Night Health. Well, that wraps up our edition of Late Night Health. If you have comments or questions, you can always write us at info at latenighthealth.com, info at latenighthealth.com. Have a happy holiday time. I know uh, uh, Thanksgiving was last week, but we're in the holiday season. So have a great holiday season. Have a good week. Have a great week. And most importantly, have a healthy week. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Late Night Health with Mark Allen. Join us again next week. The latest from the greatest, the best in new music by classic rockers with your host, the insane Daryl Wayne. This is Alice Cooper, and if Daryl Wayne is insane, what does that make me criminally insane? Stick around to find out. Many of the artist interviews for the latest from the greatest have been captured on audiobook. There is a volume one and volume two. Great information and conversations with people in the industry and people surrounded by the industry and of course the rock stars themselves i'm the reverend al green and you're listening to the insane daryl wayne and i said wayne insane you can find it on amazon or blackstone audio search for the latest from the greatest from daryl wayne d-a-r-r-e-l-l-w-a-y-n-e hello this is weird al yankovic and you're listening to the insane Daryl Wayne, aren't you?
If you're listening to Late Night Health right now, you're part of the growing target of baby boomers we're serving. Hi, I'm Daryl Wayne, producer of Late Night Health, inviting you to join the Late Night Health family. If you have any business targeting the growing boomer market, Late Night Health is the ideal advertising vehicle for you. From vitamins to insurance, alternative health to Western-style medicine, Late Night Health caters to the growing population of those over 40 years old. This vibrant demographic has expendable income to fight aging, purchase travel, take care of aging parents, or just have fun. Find out about the advertising opportunities with Late Night Health. Call us at 805-391-0308. That's 805-391-0308 or email us at info at latenighthealth.com. That's info at latenighthealth.com. Join Late Night Health as we empower people to take charge of their own health care. Call now at 805-391-0308. That's 805-391-0308. 